it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. With 10 games played, it's time to judge them. Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three. Hello, welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, the podcast about Northampton Town by, well, Northampton fans, of course. I'm Charles, and this week I'm joined by the one, the only, Neil Edgerton Scott. Coming up, the Cobblers lose to Sutton, the season is 10 games old, and I've just ran a marathon. So this might be the shortest podcast we've ever recorded. Yes, hello. Welcome back. How are you, Neil? Are you okay? Uh, splendid, Charles, yes. Um, apologies for you being left alone with me this week. <laughs> I, I kind of was like that going, oh, it's just me and Neil. That's going to be fun for you. <laughs> 
going to be lovely. It always is lovely spending <laughs> an hour alone with you. Hey, just well, ask your wife. Oh yeah, well, an hour. She'd be lucky. Um, your <laughs> uh, you mentioned about your marathon. Yeah, well done, mate. Thank you, mate. Awesome Still wearing effort. my uh, my my finishers top. Uh, that you get handed at the end. Beautiful. Decided to Beautiful. wash it last night, and then it was dry this morning. Put it on, and basked in the glory. Well, we both we've both done stuff. I I did my first ever park run on Saturday, Charles. You did. Well done, you. How did no. you find it? <laughs> well, look, I'll be bru- I'll, bru- I'll be brutally honest. I was dead set against it. So my wife is doing that couch to five k thing. Hmm. She's never been a runner. She's getting herself into it. She's doing really well, actually. Um, I went out Friday evening for a few beers, as you do. End of the week. Treat yourself. Um, yeah. And forgot that I was doing the park run. Uh, so I woke up Saturday morning to my wife saying, come on, get ready, We're going to park run. And I had a, what I would call a stinking hangover, if I'm honest, Charles. Um, so did I enjoy it? No. Um if I'm honest, it wasn't for me, but there you go. <laughs> uh, I, I loved seeing the photo that <laughs> you put up on social media of a, of a very smiley Polly, your wife, yep. uh, and you looking incredibly as described. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it was, uh, but, you know, important. It was good that I was there to support her, so uh, that was good. But it pales into sig- insignificance, really, when you've done a marathon the next day. Well, you know, it's... Uh, you go as far as you can. Yeah, true. It's all yeah. good. You were How out. did you? What was your time in the marathon? Oh well, mm, so it's it was something like five hours and eighteen minutes. Not mm. not very good. Not what I was aiming for. Doesn't matter. Completing it's no. the, the achievement. True. I did spend twenty minutes in the back of a St John's ambulance uh, at mile twenty-five. So the fact that I finished is what I am mostly happy about. Yeah, there we go. Well done, mate. And you're all okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, all good. Yeah, I, I basically ran out of fuel. Essentially, oh, no, uh, no, I had my, I had my, yeah, yeah, I had my own petrol shortage. Uh, <laughs> you need your own HGV driver. <laughs> I did, but there was none of them around because they were all across the channel. Uh, <laughs> I did think how ironic it was, by the way. Uh, afterwards, I was seeing myself. I was sat there in an all bar one. I had a nice ribeye steak just to help refuel. Ooh. And I sat there thinking to myself, how ironic is it this 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 week of all weeks that I myself ran out of fuel whilst running a marathon? It is, yeah, it's quite ironic. But hey, look, yeah. well done, mate. You completed it. That's out of achievement. It's not your first one, though, is it? No, it's, that's my that's my second marathon uh, that I've completed. Um, I have done a couple of ultras as well so um yeah good another ultra next month so uh, if i don't fall asleep today i will in about a month's time people might be falling asleep listening to this to be fair probably are they didn't tune in for running commentary <laughs> running uh, world with charles and neil <laughs> <laughs> oh that's a good good podcast hang on a minute i'll just there you go. Uh, yeah, note, note that down might talk nonsense but there's the odd nugget in there <laughs> uh, well, look, let's get back to the cobblers, mm. which is actually, we all know, is exactly what we're trying to avoid. It is, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, cobblers nil, Sutton United 2. Uh, Neil? Hello. Uh, I'm going to start with uh, this question. Uh, what minute of the game did you leave? <laughs> it was the 83rd minute. Oh. I think. It's it's not, might, have been, might have been 83rd or 85th, something like that. Like, it, it's, it's not good, though, is it? 
it's not good. I mean, I, I said afterwards to so to my lad, I said, would have left. And this sounds ridiculous, but in a way, because when it went 2-0, so they scored, didn't they, like 25 seconds into the second half. Mm. Um, and it went 2-0. And you could tell then you know, it's probably game over. But at 2-0, you just never know. All it takes is, mm. you know, a lucky lucky goal for us and instantly it's a, a close game again. Yeah. So there was an element of me that the performance was that bad and I was having that much of a miserable time. Um, a, because I was still a bit hungover. B, because it was absolutely hammering it down. Um, and C, the performance was was woeful. So there's, and this sounds really bad, but there's a little bit of me that was like, I wouldn't mind if they scored a third, if I'm honest, because then I could just go. Because that's my cutoff essentially, as a right. fan. If the other team goes 3-0 up, I'm out of it. Um, but I didn't, so I, I hung on until I felt it was safe to leave. Yeah, I, I, I can, I can sympathise. Uh, one question, though. Mm. If the other team go 3-0 up after 20 minutes at like a, the biggest stadium in the country, do you leave? Uh, Bradford? Yeah. No, I think I left at... I 18 I, minutes. Did I leave at <laughs> half-time? Did you really? Might have been oh. might have been ten minutes into it. It was it was pretty, it was, a, it was very early, but I wow. I will count that slightly different because it's at Wembley and I was yeah enjoying in hey hey you're nothing but consistent mate yeah there we go you know I mean you get you get so essentially what you're saying is that your cutoff point is either when we go three nil down or we're three nil down and there's about ten minutes gone in the second half essentially yeah. You, yeah. you know, though, don't you? It's, it is a risk, isn't it, leaving the game early? Because there were some people that left before me. Um, yeah. I would say it probably got to about 75 minutes and slowly but surely people started getting up. And then in the last 10 minutes, it was a stream of people that were getting up to leave. Mm. Um, and, and I think that is... You, you get this argument, don't you? You know, it's always a thing. Oh, you should never leave a game early. No. No, you're not a real fan if you leave a game early. Bollocks. Doesn't matter when you leave. You're entitled to leave and show your displeasure at the performance. You can leave whenever you want. Um, yeah, you paid your money. Yeah, you, you leave when you want. Um, yeah. And, and I'll, I'll be brutally honest, Charles. There was an element of the traffic that was playing on my mind as well, because uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Saints had been at home, and you could see it was all backed up on Edgar Mobb's way. And I was thinking, oh, you know, we're not going to come back into this. Might as well get out of here and get home on time. So, um, but I think it's a sign of the performance, right? That that many people were getting up and leaving. Um, it was quite sad because the Sutton fans were giving it the all, we can see you sneaking out and mm. we can see you walking home and all that sort of stuff. It's hard though, isn't it? But I, I do think that there are times, I, I've left games early before, uh, most, most notably, and I can't remember exactly when this was, but I'm sure we were getting battered something like 4-0 away at Tranmere. Um, maybe Stuart Gray as manager. So we're going back a long, 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 long time. But... Um, I remember that being like a game that I literally just couldn't take it anymore and left and just got out of there as quick as I could. Um, but you do when it get you can tell, can't you? When you were saying before, like it's a it's a dodgy scoreline because all it might take is a bit of a a fluke goal and it gets tight and then you you're on the ascendancy then and you could then snatch a last minute equaliser or maybe even uh, if you get the goals quick enough, go on to win the game. And of course you could, but. There's also then, you've got to put into the context of the game, haven't you? The performance. And I mean, don't get me wrong, I wasn't there on Saturday. I Lucky don't you. think I even listened to it. <laughs> yeah, um, I got all my updates through our Patreon Slack channel. 
and a little bit of Twitter. And I just, I could tell, you know, from just that, that actually this was a game we were never going to get anything out of because we simply weren't good enough. I mean, I, I, I don't know, I might be wrong here, but I'm, I'm sure I've read someone say that, sorry, read somewhere, uh, that we had zero shots on target. No, we didn't. We didn't have a shot on target. I was talking to my, my mate uh, after the game on and there was not a positive to take out of it, which is a bit of an odd thing. So maybe apart from Liam Roberts in goal, um, right. I think, didn't think he didn't really do anything, didn't do anything wrong, made a couple of, of decent enough saves and stuff. I thought he looked pretty solid as, as he usually does. Um, outside of that, I'm not sure there was actually one positive. Um, we never looked in the game. We never looked like, we definitely never looked like getting back in the game when we went behind. Mm. And actually it looked at times, it looked like a, an adult team playing against a kids team. Wow. Um, we, we got bullied. Like, and look, don't get me wrong. Sutton were what I would call functional, mm-hmm. well-drilled, um, pretty strong, all knew their roles and stuff. So credit to them and credit to their manager and stuff. Are they that good? No, they're not. They're not. They're, they're a run of the mill league two seat, two team really. Um, mm-hmm. They've done well because obviously they've come up, haven't they? So they've they've established themselves pretty quickly and stuff. They were by far and away the better team. They looked they looked loads better than us, but that's not because they were fantastic or because they had three or four shining players or anything like that. It was just a case of we were so poor. It was just a really weird performance. But I don't really know how to describe it. It was there was nothing. You see, this is what worries me a little bit about the whole season is that it almost feels like these games might happen every now and again. But at the same time, it doesn't feel like anybody's that angry about it. Like, you sound a bit dejected to me, but accepting of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, I was. it was atrocious. It was an unacceptable performance. Was I angry about it? I don't think I was. I think I was more... If anything, it probably just helped hammer home that this probably is a season of transition a little bit and that there is going to be some downs this season. Hopefully not too many and hopefully not an overarching one, eh? But um, it, <laughs> it there is going to be times like this where for whatever reason it's just not clicked and stuff. I mean, it, you could argue and you could say there was a couple of strange decisions. I did think the, the lineup was a little bit odd um, and there was a couple of, of sort of square pegs in round holes as such mm-hmm. the lack of the lack of creativity still hasn't been solved There's, i mean salby played on on saturday against sutton i think he barely got on the ball at all um and when he did he, his passes tended to go astray anyway um flores is it he he came on i think he looked slightly better maybe sort of it coincided a little bit with a Tete coming on and a bit of an injection, but even though we were still poor, but it was a little bit better. Um, I, I think it probably helped hammer home as well. I mean, striker wise, we're in a, we're in a bind. We're struggling. Mm. And I know they haven't had much service. And I think that was one of the arguments on, on Saturday. They didn't have much service and they were sort of left on their own a bit. Um, but even still, Kabamba, Kabambe, I never can never pronounce his Kabamba. name. Kabamba, Kabamba, Kabamba. Um, <laughs> he's not a football league player. 
I've seen enough of him, in my opinion, to say give it after this year. He'll get released by us probably, and then he'll be in the conference or something. Um, and that, look, I'm sure he's a lovely guy and all that sort of stuff. You, know, you shouldn't attack players individually, but actually, some of the performances were bad enough for me to question whether they should be in the football league. And there was a couple of others as well. So I just think it still feels a little bit to me as well that the management team aren't quite sure of their their best eleven and how to get the best out of the players that they've got at their disposal. Um, so th- it brought about a lot of questions. I wouldn't say there's a need to be angry about it. I think. If anything, you know, yes, you, sh- you know, we should call out the issues and we should absolutely flag up and say that this was a rubbish performance. Of course it was. But I think it needs that wholesale panic. I think I compared it to, it was almost like a Keith Curl performance, if not worse than some of his performances. Wow. Uh, and, and I think it was. That doesn't mean that Brady should get sacked. And that doesn't mean that Keith Curl was good at what he was doing either. Um, it's just this performance, looking at it, it weren't good. Yeah, I think I think I saw somewhere online Shane Webster say if that had been uh, that was a stereotypical um last game of a manager's reign performance. You know, it was bad enough to get the manager if they had been on a run of really poor results and you know it just hadn't been working for a while. That was the type of performance and result that would end up in the announcement of that manager leaving the club. And that is worrying. But what is even more worrying, I think, to uh, to some is that, and, and maybe a bit to me, is that nobody is saying or suggesting, and, you know, include you in that, Neil, nobody is, in, is at all suggesting that um, it's not working to the point where we change manager again. Is it apathy? Um I don't know. I guess without asking every every individual supporter, I'm not sure. It's hard to say. I there's probably an element of apathy from some. I'd guess there's probably an element of realization from others that, like you say, we can't keep chopping and changing managers, and this probably is going to be a little bit of a process. Um, I think there's you know ten ten games in is the time to judge, isn't it? And time to have a, a bit of a look at the league table and stuff. And we're tenth. Could be better, could be worse. Um, my my overarching concern is that, in essence, we were promised sort of attacking, exciting football. We've not had that yet. So, and I get it takes time as well. So I think there's a balance of that. There's a, there is a balancing act of being a bit annoyed about the performance, certainly against Sutton and you know, there is some signs of concern. Equally, there's some positive signs as well. The defence has been pretty good. Again, my concern with that is the minute Guthrie is not in the team, it seems to go to pot a little bit, which isn't ideal. Yeah, this is it, isn't it? Because, I mean, this is this is two games now where we've been without one of Guthrie or Horsfall and it's all gone to pot. So, to me, that shows just how important those two players as a central defensive partnership are shaping up to be for us. And of course, we don't know how long Guthrie's going to be out for. Um, we were told that he'd had COVID. So it depends, obviously, on whether he actually was suffering with it or whether he just, you know, failed a, a lateral flow and, and a PCR test or, or whatever. Um, you know, we're not really going to know, are we, whether or not 
he'll be fit when he comes back into training, let alone into the side. It could be a couple of weeks, depending on how how you are um, after that. I mean, you said it as well before. It was surprising the lineup, the the way that we went about essentially replacing Guthrie for that game. Sean McWilliams at right back, Aaron McGowan in the middle, partnering Fraser Horsfall. When there is a well, a, a known defender who can play at either right back or at centre back, in Michael Harriman just sat there on the bench, and there was Max Dyche that we had recalled from Kettering. Now, I mean, okay, you could argue that Max Dyche, very young. Do you throw him in, you know, recall him from his loan where he's done very well by all accounts from everything that I've seen from from Kettering fans and, and the journalists that cover uh, the Poppies and the other non-league sides? They've all been very, very impressed with him. You know, it's going to be a gamble throwing a young lad in, but surely age is just a number. If they're good enough, they're good enough. Um, to go and basically put, uh, you know, a, a player that, we we've not really seen that much defensively, I don't think, from Aaron McGowan personally. I think he looks good going forward. He's got a bit of pace on him, so he gets back quite well. But I think he relies on his pace, you know, personally a bit too much. And then to put Sean McWilliams in at right back, and I mean, okay, he can play there, but we've seen on at least two occasions that he gets found out in that position far too quickly and easily. He's not and like that. He's not a right back. He could do a basic job there, but he's not a right back. Yeah. I just don't understand. And the thing that's a bit worrying for me as well is this staunch, we are 4-4-2 and that's how we play. It feels like there's no plan B with the formation. So, and we've seen it so many times, haven't we, with the substitutions that have been made, often like for like. There's never anything that's actually something that might go in and change the game. You're relying on basically a different, I saw, I suppose, personality of footballer to come on and, and change it. But they're not doing anything different so that the opposition can just carry on as they were. And essentially, unless you have a moment of magic from from the new player entering the fold, then you don't get anything changing nothing actually happens that positively impacts our play that that's worrying for me I I just sort of look at it and go 4-4-2 is so static it feels like all you've got to do to combat it is just to turn around and just go right we'll just go man for man they're not going to do anything we'll make sure that the you know the the back four take out the 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 mid uh, sorry the forwards the two forwards the wide players aren't really good enough to create enough to get through the two banks of four. So you're stuck really, aren't you? I think my view, there's nothing, there's nothing clever about our approach at the minute. It's pretty predictable. I mean, again, Sutton, it was more predictable than it's been actually all season, probably. It was... Let's hit it long. Essentially, that's what it felt like. And I don't, obviously don't know what the players are told or anything like that, but this is what it felt like was let's hit it long and aim for Cabamba or Rose and see what happens. And neither of them had the strength to dominate the certain centre-backs. 
Um, so invariably, it didn't work. Our other plan was let's try and somehow get it wide and get a cross in. The odd couple of times we got the odd cross in, there was no one in there anyway. Um, so it just doesn't feel. It's not, there's, there's there's no there's no sort of guile or cuteness from anyone really. Um, it actually was interesting. There was, there was a couple of people sat behind me that were talking in the second half. Um, one of them was saying, oh, we just need a moment of magic from someone to get us back into the game. And the other person actually said, I'm not sure anyone's got it in them for a moment of magic. Um, and then I sat there and thought about it. I thought, is that a bit of a negative view? And I thought, actually, I'm not sure they have. <laughs> <laughs> so I think they're kind of right. That's the problem, right? And I know we've said this in the past, you know, like, and used to have Ricky Holmes when he in the promotion season and he was that one person that had a moment of magic but outside of Ricky Holmes that in that season there were still other people that could create stuff or could you know bring us something from nothing and stuff mm. um, look at Mark Richards scoring a free kick and stuff and things like that and it's it just feels like there's no one really that is gonna get on the ball take the game by the scruff of the neck for starters and get us in the ascendancy. And also it feels like there's no one that's going to, you know, create stuff. And I don't know, maybe it's, maybe it's an overreaction from Saturday being so poor, because it hasn't been that poor all season in fairness. Um, but it just felt that bad. I think it's really, really tough, isn't it? It's really difficult at the moment. It feels like, it feels like there's so many different, sort of viewpoints on it. I was really thinking that, that and really hoping that now we were back able to go to watch the football, we'd all feel a lot more positive about, you know, the team, the club and everything like that. And yet, even though we were, you know, don't forget a week ago, we could have been second. Yeah. You know, so it's not a terrible start to the season by no, any no. means. And you know, John Brady has said himself, don't get carried away or don't get too carried away by, uh, you know, the big wins and don't get too carried away by by the, the defeats either. Um, and I'm sure he won't be, but I'm also pretty sure, judging by his post-match interview and judging by a, what a lot of the fans and, you know, yourself having been at the game have said, that he won't be happy with that performance and he will be turning around and, and, and basically hopefully giving everyone a bit of a bollocking uh, in the in the dressing room and, and saying that's not acceptable. We cannot do that. But he's also got to, and a, a manager has to also look at themselves and go, where did it go wrong? What could they have done as the manager and the coach um, to address that? I saw a thing last week, and I don't know whether you saw this. I've only seen this um, through social media, so somebody else mentioning it somewhere, where apparently there was an interview with Mitch Pinnock who said they hadn't done any work on their attacking phases of play on the training pitch. <laughs> right. I mean, now, first of all, if it's true, I can believe it. <laughs> <laughs> Second of all, that can't be true, can it? I don't understand. In what context? So what we have? We haven't practiced attacking. Is that what we're saying? Well, I mean, like I said, this is second-hand information for me. So I mean, I've not read the interview or heard it or anything like that. I don't know whether it's actually true. Um, but 
surely you, you know, I've come to realize over the last few years that <laughs> this sounds so ridiculous to say out loud, but that professional footballers or professional sports, uh, team sports, the players don't just take to the field and start playing football. They it sounds like we might do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, they will be drilled. I mean, I, I suppose the most obvious um, way to sort of describe this is you look at what happens in your favourite sport at the moment, Neil, the NFL, American mm-hmm. football. Yeah, yeah. They have plays, don't they? You see the coaches on the sidelines sort of whispering into their microphones that are talking to the quarterback saying, right, we're going to run this play next. Try this. And you know, this, that, and the other. And essentially what it comes down to is who has the best plays and who can execute them the best. I've said the best far too many times. (laughs) Simply the best. (laughs) But the point stands, doesn't it? That that happens in all team sports, football, netball, rugby, hockey, probably. You know, it it isn't just a simple case of um, you pass the ball to to each other and try and get it up the other end and score. There's more to it than that. And I mean, I think if you do watch a game of football, especially in, you know, the top end, sort of the Premier League or even at international level, watch an England game, for example, then you'll often see us passing it from left to right. And essentially that is trying to create the space where hopefully you tire the opposition out to create the holes that you then need to then exploit and things like that. If there's none of that work being done in training, then how can you expect to score goals? Well, I don't know. You're asking the wrong man. <laughs> I am, aren't I? I know. <laughs> I'm, not I know at, I'm not at training. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to me, whether that's that's true or not, or in what context it was meant, I don't know. But mm. I mean, it does does make sense if that is the case. Why would why we don't look like scoring really, and we don't really create a massive amount? And uh, I think even I think the club website had us down as five shots on target on Saturday. I don't know where they got that. They must have been counting Liam Roberts's goal kicks, I think. Because um, <laughs> I don't know where they got that from. Um, Could you imagine if they were? But yeah, you're right. Look, practice, 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 right? And you have some, some, as you would call it in NFL terms, plays or whatever in your game plan and stuff. And who executes that best generally wins. But I think, I don't know. I we do seem a little bit naive in places and we do seem a little bit I would probably like to see John Brady put his balls on the table a bit more often, I think, um, and go Sorry, for it. Sorry, say that again? Put his balls on the table. Oh, you did or, say that? Yeah. I'm just checking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I did say that, and I meant it. Um, and, and go for it a little bit. Like In the first half, it was eminent, and it was so obvious that it wasn't working, and we were playing poorly half an hour in. Change it. Hmm. Have the balls. This isn't working. They've they've got the number on us here. We are second best by di- by distance. Change it. Go mm. for it. I'd have more more respect for a manager that does that. At least tries it. End up losing five 0 We end up losing five 0 But at least you've tried it and you've given it a go, and that hasn't worked. It just felt like, and to go back to your point, it felt like a there was no plan B, and I'm, and I'm not also sure what plan A actually was apart from lump it towards Rose and Kabamba. So. There's definitely some work to do on the training ground. I would hope that they've been practicing it. Um, well, they're, they're attacking play, but from the sounds of it, maybe not. And that's a concern. I mean, I, I I will say that I could understand that, you know, you work on your defensive unit and, you know, they will say, won't they, people that, um, you know, sort your defence out. 
have that yeah. first so that you're not conceding and then that gives you a what do they say it gives you a platform to build on or something is the is the well-worn phrase isn't it um but i do think that if that's coming out um either in the media or you know wherever it is but it's coming out of the dressing room from a player then i just I, that doesn't sound good it really doesn't it really worries me but Hey, I'm I, I literally am right now trying to find if I can see whether, you know, there's a quote that I can actually use to to sort of back all this up. And if it's an absolute load of nonsense, then hey, at least we filled ten minutes of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we are ten games in, as you mentioned, so it is time to now get the judgment hammer out. Uh, is it a gavel? That judges have Ooh, a gavel. Yeah. Love a bit of a gavel. Um, played ten, uh, won four, lost three, drawn three, fifteen points. We are tenth in League Two. We have a goal difference of zero. Good enough. If I was to grade it, if I was to give it a school grading, think I'd probably. Hang go on, with... are we going to go with the school gradings that we used to get, Neil? Oh, or the, are we going to have no, the new ones that no, no one understands? We'll go with the proper ones. Don't worry. Okay, good. Um, I would probably go a C plus, I think. Okay. A C, C plus. plus. Yeah, a C plus. Maybe a B minus at a push. The reason why I say really? that. Really? That high? Well, the, the reason why I say that, and when you look at it, look at the results, and you, you just said there, you know, we've played 10, won four, drawn three, lost three, right? Mm-hmm. Goal difference is zero. Got 15 points. We're 10, you know, we're only not three or four points off, you know, the second or whatever it is. Um, mm-hmm. So actually, with the turnover of players in the in the summer and all that that sort of stuff, and trying to implement whatever we're trying to implement at the moment, I'm not entirely sure what style it is we're trying to implement. Um, mm. I think I think that's another question. I think we've lost our way a little bit. Um, okay, but actually, all in all, has it been atrocious or anything? No, it's been acceptable. I think, and obviously, I think we've probably got our heads turned as fans a little bit by potentially almost being second. Um, but I think even at that point where everyone was saying, you know, we're not good enough to be second, really, you know, we're still a work in progress and stuff and you have to accept that. Um, so I think, mm. yeah, they've done an okay job. I think there's stuff to solve. Of course there is. Could be a hell of a lot worse though. It could, but you turning around and saying it could be a hell of a lot worse doesn't really make me feel any better. I, yes, it could, obviously. Well, be I'm not trying to make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we could obviously be 24th. We're not. We're, we're where we are, uh, where we are in 10th. It does feel like the negativity is creeping in, and I don't want it to creep in too much onto here. Um, I've seen a lot of it with fans sort of talking about, and you know, they're already turning. They, they the people are some people are turning on John Brady, etc. Whether it's actually that they're turning on John John Brady and and Coldwood and and that, or whether actually they're just using it as another case or another way to sort of hammer the chairman. Um, I mean, that's open to interpretation, but I've seen people sort of talking about the the new recruitment data-driven model just clearly isn't working. Well, I mean, and I think that's a fair argument at the moment based on what we've seen. Um, but but I, surely I, I, we'd love data, to know what data told us to sign Kabamba. Well, this is it. Surely for data to work, then you have to have stuff over time, don't you? Yeah. You don't just so. get data in five minutes. No, Whereas no. when if you look at, you know, how long these people that 
you know, were part of that recruitment committee or whatever it is that we're calling it, have been at the club for. Brady, Whiting, that's about it, isn't it? Graham Carr, I mean, you could argue Graham Carr's been at the club for years now, but, you know, he's just an associate director. He's not really going to be there every single day, is he? And he's probably just turning around and just sort of saying, yeah, I kind of see what you're doing. I, d- I doubt that he actually knows the type of players. He's not going out scouting anymore, is he? Um, and going no. and finding the players. And at the end of the day, they brought in a um, a person as a recruitment director or whatever his, his role is. Mr. Scott. And, yeah, and, you know, he's come from Scott. So, so the players that he is going to know about in the first and foremost are going to be the players that were playing in the division where he was last based. So it makes sense. I get the idea of, oh, these players have come from Scotland or Scottish clubs. You're right. I, you know, there's always a gamble. And I do think, personally, I don't think that Kabamba's probably what I thought he was going to be. Um, I don't really see how it works. I certainly don't see how you play both Kabamba and Rose up front together. I mean, Rose, uh, Rose Flatters the deceive as well, if if I'm honest. He had that good game the other week where I thought he actually looked really, really good. Yeah. Um, but it's a bit of a drop in the ocean. He was poor again against Sutton. He missed a chance. I think we had one of the, I think it might have even been the only real clear-cut chance we even had, actually, was in the first half where he was between the penalty spot and the six-yard box. Bit of an angle, but skewed it wide. Um, and he offers a massive amount, to be honest, I think. I don't see. I know a lot of fans like him for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe because he he tries hard. I don't know, but puts himself about a bit. He does, I suppose. He, he's good in the air, to be fair to him for his size. But in mm. terms of is he a striker? Is he? I'm yet to see that he's a finisher uh, in his time here. Um, but right, yeah, it's difficult. It's just not clicking offensively at all. Um, no, it's not. That that is it. I think that is where you would actually have to look at it, and you would say right defensively. When we've got our, you know, first choice back five, if you include the goalkeeper, then we look pretty assured, I would say. But it's what's in front of those five defensive players that worries me. Yeah, Personally, when I look at, you know, some of the players that we've actually got, I I just don't think they are that good enough. I mean, if we go back to the starting lineup from from Saturday... um, (laughs) Lewis and, and Sauby in the middle... Are they two alike to be playing next to each other? Where's the creativity in those two players? But it's supposed to be Sowerby, isn't it? Sowerby was supposed to be, I don't even remember when we signed him and stuff, he was supposed to be the one that Well, it was, was... last season, wasn't it? But I mean, he, he didn't he didn't do anything for me last season. I know he was injured at the start of this season. I've not seen him play this season yet. But judging by, you know, the the performance of what you said on about Saturday, he didn't do anything. He got subbed off for Flores, who came on and you said, in your words, he was marginally better, but still not great. Well, I think neither of them are physically good, if I'm honest. Mm. Um, I mean, I've got, I probably need to kind of alter my expectations a little bit and re- remember that we are a, a League Two side and stuff. But I don't. But we were a League One side last season. Yeah, we were. I don't think Salby is good enough. I don't think Flores is good enough. I think Flores was signed right as the man to... I'm sure he was signed as the man, the creative man. He was going to be the Ricky Holmes. In my mind, that when we signed him, I thought, wow, okay, 
this is the next sort of Ricky Holmes type player, the type of player that will be able to pick a pass and will be able to be a creative spark and make something happen out of nothing. Well, newsflash, he's not. <laughs> he, he can play a nice pass across the park, maybe. That's about all I've seen at the moment. And I'm not a great judge a lot of the time. I, I react emotionally to situations when it comes to football and stuff. And I'm quite reactive about things as a football fan but I do think a lot of the time I'm not far off the mark when it comes to judging players and if they're good enough and actually I don't think in some of these instances it's actually even that hard to no. to, to tell if someone's good enough I think I, defensively wise you're right midfield wise there's some big questions for me um, in my mind midfield is where you, you win or lose games really um, the midfield's duty is to support the defence and support the attack right and if you're not if the midfielders doing neither of those it's pointless it being there um mm-hmm. and that's ours i think i think playing sowby and lewis together doesn't work neither of them are what i would class as ball winners really or are going to throw themselves into tackles sowby especially or not maybe lewis is slightly more of a ball winner but even that he's not he's not he's not someone you'd say right he's our defensive midfielder or he's our midfield enforcer or anything like that he's a bit of a bit of a nothing player really but Williams is probably the only one that we've got in that sort of mold that and he's still hot and cold um I think we've got a problem in midfield and then I think going forward we've got a problem and that's a knock-on effect of that like we can say all this about the strikers not being good enough and I've hammered a couple of them and stuff but they would be well within their rights to say, I'm like, no service. All I'm getting is balls lumped up to me. What do you expect? Yeah, and uh, this is it, isn't it? Because if you go, I mean, I've got a feeling we're going to say this over and over again this season, but all you've got to do is look at what, what's happened to Harry Smith at Leighton Orient. Yeah, exactly. He's getting service and he's putting the ball in the back of the net. He's, he's the top goal scorer in the division, I think, for crying out loud. So, I mean, it's not that necessarily all on the individual players that are in you know the forward positions the, the whole team is not doing enough offensively i i think you're very generous with your c plus b minus grade personally i would go with a c well, it's not that massively different no, to a C, no, C plus. I, I, I think you're being generous. I really do. <laughs> I think when you look at it all and you just say i i see a c as being absolutely bang average well yeah and uh, no, but i would say based on the fact we're 10th 12th, I'd call bang average. average. No, 12th. 12th, slap bang in the middle. So we're slightly above average C plus, Charles. We need Jeffy. (laughs) The only teacher we need as a covered helpers. I I genuinely, I look at it and I go, right, okay. If you're going to look at it, I'm I'm most happy with the defence. So I'm okay with that. I'm I'm exactly the same as you for the midfield and, and the attack. I don't think it's good enough. And then if you then also look at the management, I would also say that there, there's improvement needed there as well. Too many times already this season we've questioned substitutions. Yeah, I agree. We've questioned lineups. We've questioned, you know, whether or not things are being, you know, changes are being made to, you know, the tactics within a game and things don't make sense. And I mean, I know, I think sometimes I've been a bit um, guilty, I suppose, of trying to be too balanced with views and, and trying not to upset too many people. But I think fo- football is a fairly simple game. I don't think it is that hard to understand that when a game isn't going your way, 
what you could that at least trying something different is better than basically just doing nothing at all and letting the game pass you by. And I do feel like that's happened a couple of times. Whether it's been, you know, people might argue, well, they do try something different, they make a they make a substitution. But when that substitution is like for like and it doesn't affect I mean, I could have told you that it wasn't. What was it a couple of weeks ago? There was a a double substitution, like for like the front two came on. Was that the Rochdale game? I can't remember which game it was, but yeah. And it was, you know, the substitution was made, and it wasn't just me, but everybody around me sat in the stadium was going, I don't understand that. What's that going to do? And we were all right. It didn't do anything. No, it's it's that it goes back to that point. There's no real, there's nothing that's, you know, out of the ordinary of what we're doing. It's pretty obvious. Mm. And that's not too hard to work out if you're the opposition, I don't think. And it looked, I mean, maybe what we tried to do against Sutton was, you know, match up to how they play. I mean, number one, why? Because they obviously play like that and that's how they play like consistently. So they're obviously going to be better at it than us. Um, And number two, it didn't work and... I'm not a fan of that. I, I appreciate sometimes you have to maybe look at formation a little bit, depending on what the opposition usually play and stuff. And you do take it into consideration, but I'm always will be a massive advocate for play your own game, play your own tactics. Don't worry too much and don't set up to, to try and stifle the opposition necessarily and worry about, you know, what are they going to play? How do they play and stuff? Let them work out how to beat us. Not let's not work out how to stop them. Um, but maybe it's a learning curve for John Brady. I guess we still have to remember that he's a, he's a relatively young manager in terms of games managed in the football mm-hmm. league. And maybe that's part of the growing pains with it. Um, I do wonder is, is Colin Coldwood having too much of an influence? Cause there is, some distinct similarities to when Coldwood was in charge himself when he first started. Um, Mm. So who knows? Maybe they've not quite worked out their dynamic yet. I don't know. Um, But yeah, there's definitely some stuff to question and there's some stuff to be worried about. I think worried about is the wrong term at the moment, but to be aware of and to discuss. Um, You know, we'll probably get called negative for this podcast, but after that defeat against Sutton, how the performance was, I think that's okay. Yeah. There's going to be times when it is negative and it's not always going to be, you know, flashing lights and excitement and all that sort of stuff. And yeah, I think you just have to take that and, and roll with it. Right. Some, not much we can do. Right. I mean, who have we got next? We've got Walsall, is it today or tonight? Um, yeah. In, then, in the pizza cup. In the, in the pizza cup. Yeah. So that for me, I don't know, maybe do whatever, Really the fussy. return of Ashton Taylor. <laughs> oh, is it now? Maybe I'll pop along. Um, <laughs> but the next game is the main one, isn't it? Saturday. Um, yeah. Be interesting to see how we, how we react and whether we do make any drastic changes, be that personnel or what kind of setup or formation or anything. We'll, we'll see. But uh, I think your argument of that's not going to do anything, it's just going to continue being the same is fair, I think. But, you know, then the flip side is there's been the odd time where they've made a substitution, they've made a change, and it's worked. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think it's very easy, isn't it? We've said this before. You come off of a defeat and you feel down. There's yeah. a bit of negativity. It's very difficult to be upbeat and happy. And don't, look, let's be honest right now. If we'd come on here and we'd started this and we'd tried to be all everything's okay and everything's positive, 
then the first thing that people would say is, you haven't got a clue. Yeah, no, no. (laughs) You know, you don't know what you're talking about. uh, You know, so it's, it's one of those. I mean, right now, in terms of, the cobblers, I feel quite deflated about it, and uh, and I don't think I'm alone in in that either. As I think we're about to prove. It's time to read your letters out to hear what you all think about the mighty cobblers from the town. Are we going up or staying down? Just have a rant or have some fun at it's all cobblers at gmail.com. A tweet, WhatsApp, or on the Slack. It's time to empty Neil's sack. I'll get me coat. Lovely. The winner of our jingle competition the other week, Malcolm Butler. Yes. Uh, first off, Neil, before we go into um, any of the post that we've had dissecting the performance from the weekend mm. uh we've got what is uh, i'm going to call it a correction um, cool. just as a description it's not really a correction uh but keith b got in touch on twitter in response to last week's podcast where we were talking about obviously the uh the the fan director thingamabob that's uh that oh, was yeah, announced yeah yeah yeah, and we were talking about um, that, and we were talking about the trust, and I think we also were mentioning the fact that a couple of councillors from um, the new West North Ants Council are um, with the trust board. And Keith got in touch, just to clarify it, um, to say, for your information, Ari, the West North Ants Council liaison with the trust board... West Northants Council had some time ago proactively requested two councillors be appointed to liaise with the board, not trust board members. Hope that helps. It does. Just happy to clarify that um, for anybody that was, I don't know, misled by us not knowing what we were talking about as usual. There we go. Nice to clarify. Nice to clarify. Uh, Have you got some more about, well, negativity, Neil? Uh, yeah, the sack is bulging with it, Charles. <laughs> uh, so Gary Waldron uh, mm. has popped us a message saying, uh, square pegs in round holes, how Harriman didn't start at right back or centre back is beyond me. Needed McWilliams in midfield, he's wasted at right back. Add to that the mayor that Sowerby had, dot, 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 dot. Mm, yeah, I... Um... I wondered where you'd got the whole square pegs and round hole thing at the beginning of the podcast. Now <laughs> it's I know a pretty where it common wrong. saying, Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, Gary from Twitter is back. Gary! Uh, he says, I cannot believe after all these years supporting NTFC, I got carried away with the season so far. I knew that the defence didn't have enough cover. I knew that we lacked the creativity to score from anything but a set piece. I thought the manager would not play players out of position. I thought that Atete would be a revelation in this division. I thought Kabamba would be a handful. What the f*** was I thinking? Mid-table at best. It gets worse. I didn't realise our only other specialist centre-back was an unused substitute. Poor selection from Brady. No excuse for poor performance. But bloody hell, one man injured uh, slash ill has caused a major upheaval. I I can't really argue with that. Can you? Very nicely put, Gary. Welcome back. Welcome back indeed. I've got uh, Brick Cobbler. Oh, Brick Cobbler. I hope hope that's his real name. Well, there's a... a, What a a name. TV programme, isn't there, where uh, one of the kids is called Brick. Oh. So 
could well be his real name. I really hope it is. Uh, he's gone with, or she has gone with, uh, with Brady being attack-minded and Colin focused on keeping it out, I think the messaging is getting lost. No clear plan today. A bad day at the office, made worse with the weather and traffic. Subs came on, only to shuffle players around in the same formation, stroke shape, needed a change altogether. Oh, sounds like Brick was listening to the podcast before it was released. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Phil Kirby. Obviously, losing Guthrie was massive. Looked as if the two centre-backs had no time to work together, so positionally all over the place. McWilliams looked out of place at right-back. Koike's push and run wasn't working. Wide delivery off point and centre-forwards fed off scraps. All made worse by the conditions. A lot of moaning about the weather, I'm noticing here. It was bad. <laughs> was it really awful? It was It was miserable. And actually, I think... So I think uh, Gareth messaged as well, didn't he? Um, saying, we've we've all seen worse performances, so why does the Sutton non-performance feel so depressing? I think the mm. weather plays a part in that, as ridiculous as it sounds, because I definitely felt more miserable because it was Because raining. of the weather. And I was yeah. Do you know, uh, I, I hate to bang on about it, but I did a marathon on Sunday. Did you? Uh, I did, yeah. And uh, I can't remember what mile it was in, but it, it lashed it down with rain. Absolutely lashed it down, and it was. I was like going, "Oh, this is this is nice." <laughs> and it was just about the same sort of time when all the all the the negative nonsense fills your head. You know that oh, I can't do this. Yeah. You'll, you'll know this doing parkrun. I know. It's oh not yeah, the yeah. Same distance, but that, was the same... that was getting out bed. That was getting out bed. Charles, <laughs> it's exactly the same. You get that negative influx of oh, I can't do this. Why the hell am I doing this for? What an idiot! Um, and it all coincided with the fact that it was chucking it down with rain. It was cold. Mm. Uh, there wasn't many, you know, people out on the road at that particular part either. So you kind of felt a bit like you were alone, um, just on a road in the middle of mm. well, Wales, I think I was in at the time. Really? So yeah. There you go. Uh John Mantle. No play from or through the midfield. Seemed to go back today of hitting it long with Rose trying to win headers against their big defenders. All players so disappointing, apart from Roberts, who has been solid, and at least one problem position from other years is now fixed. You mentioned that earlier, didn't you, that I think Roberts was probably the the person that deserved, maybe not praise as such, but he doesn't deserve any negativity towards him for that particular game. No, not at all. No, he came out of it with... He did probably deserve a bit of praise because he made a couple of good stops. Um, he's the only one that you could look at positively, I think, in, in that respect, looking back on the performance and stuff. I think there was, yeah, only only Liam Roberts gets a, a plus out of that. Everyone else, a, a big fat minus. <laughs> I think considering, if you go back to the fans' forum... The, the gentleman that wasn't particularly happy with the goalkeeper situation over the last couple of years. Oh, yeah. And he, and he didn't seem too enamoured, did he, with either uh, Roberts or Maxted, uh, considering he may have only had the chance to witness them in friendlies, and we don't know whether he had done or not. I think Liam Roberts is, is proving to be possibly the best signing that, that Brady has so far, so far made, at least for this season. Yeah, it could maybe argue Guthrie alongside that, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, Outside of that, yeah, it's, they're the two shining lights, aren't they? Again, defensively. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. It all backs it up, doesn't it? Defensively, that's where our best players. I'll tell you what we need, Charles. We need Malcolm Christie. Oh, oh that'd be good. Bayo. Should we get Bayo back? Malcolm Christie and Bayo up top. Then we just need some creativity and an enforcer in the middle. 
Okay. Uh, so let's go with uh, Ricky Holmes, obviously of old, not the second time around. Oh, I was thinking Zinedine well. Zidane. Oh. <laughs> or Pirlo, Andre Pirlo. Dean Peer. Dean Peer could potentially be the enforcer, stroke yeah. legs. Well, they were long enough. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right, then. I'm, I'm enjoying this. Maybe we should scrap the pod this week and, and just start naming players that we'd love to have in the team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David Beckham. Franz Beckenbauer. Oh, lovely. Ivan Campo. Oh, get him in with the hair. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I'll tell you who I wouldn't mind having in. A bit of a luxury one. JJ Okocha. Oh, yes. So good. They named him twice. Yeah. Tino Aspria. Oh, oh, Tino Aspria. Get him in. I tell you what, if we go in Tino Aspria, we may as well bring yeah. along uh, Tamuri Ketspire as well. Oh, <laughs> now you're talking. In fact, let's get that whole Newcastle team of that era. Who they have? Philip Albert. Philip Albert was in there, yeah. Ginola. Was Rob Lee in that team? Rob Lee, I think, was there, yeah. Oh, Rob Lee. Who was in goal? Shaka Hislop? Shaka, was it Shaka Hislop? I don't know if it was Shaka Hislop, actually. We'll get him in anyway. Get him in. Why not? Get him in. And and Kevin Keegan as manager, obviously. Of course. Absolutely. Love it. Uh, All right. Well, on that note, I think we'll we'll just leave you salivating, shall we? Thanks very much for listening. Please go and look at our website, cobblerstome.com. Um, you find all of our content on there, including match previews that Danny re- uh, writes. He reads them as well. Of course he does. But he writes them first before he reads them. Uh, they're very good. Go check them out on there. And if you haven't downloaded the Fan Hub app yet, go and do it because all of our content is all on there, all in one place. It's a bit like our website, but in an app. See you next week. the cup there's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages the cobblers are going through into division one bring them on because we deserve it this podcast is a proud member of the fan hub 100 football without fans is nothing so we've partnered with fan hub to put fans first search fan hub app to play your part in the journey Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.